Because you put your faith and trust in Jesus also does not mean that you're being shepherded by Jesus right now. Because you could have said yes to Jesus, you check Jesus on the spirituality box, but you're really being led by something else, and Jesus is almost like a condiment. Something else is leading me. Something else is where I find my purpose and my provision and my joy in life. Something else is the steak, and Jesus is like the chimichurri sauce. We all have multiple things that are important to us, and those things compete for our attention. God, our job, school, spouse, hobbies, the list could go on. But we're limited to 24 hours a day, and we have to sleep and eat sometime. So we prioritize. We pick the things that are most important and take care of those first. But if we're followers of Jesus, Pastor Daniel will remind us that Jesus has to be numero uno, no matter what. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Psalms, chapter 23, as he begins his message, Led and Content. You know, the longer I walk with the Lord and the more time I spend living on this earth, the more I realize is that I always need to remember the things that I've always known. I'll be honest, I'm an information junkie. I love that we live in an information age. The more data, the better for me. I'm just one of those weird people. If there's a way to learn something, information, I love it. But what's amazing is, is that in all the information that we can acquire, oftentimes all of that information doesn't actually move the needle on the most important things. And in the same way as... People who are followers of Jesus. Now, I realize not everyone here is a follower of Jesus. You know, Crossroads as a church with everyone online and everyone in here in person, everyone's on a different step of their faith journey. We realize that that's how that works. But oftentimes, when you think of the things of God or the things of the Bible, there are passages of Scripture that are, they have staying power. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, you know these concepts. And there's a reason why there are certain sections in the Bible that are really well-known as opposed to other sections that seem obscure and you, I didn't know that was in there. And the reason that is is because oftentimes the most well-known passages contain some of the most universally applicable realities. And what I'm constantly learning is that I don't need to know new things about God. I need to better apply the things that I already know. Now, I'm not saying that I don't want to learn. I read a lot. I love reading. I love researching. I love all of that. But really, the most important pillars of what we believe, who God is, how we ought to simply respond to him, we know those things if we've been around church for even the shortest amount of time. But really, the ability to embody these ideas, to let these truths that we know, oh, I know that already, to really let it seep down and make that almost impossible journey from our heads down to our hearts, and then maybe even harder to make it from our hearts 
back up to our mouths and to our hands and to our feet. That is the great challenge of how we grow. And the older I get, the more I realize that I want to get really, really, really adept to following Jesus at street level with the big, important things in place. And that's why today we're going to start a new series in perhaps the most famous chapter in all of the Bible, Psalm 23. So I want you to open your Bible, Psalm 23. It's easy to find the Psalms because it's the single largest grouping of writings in your whole Bible. It's got 150 Psalms or songs. And so it's uh, almost right in the center of your Bible, a little bit left of center, no political connotations intended. You say left of center and someone gets offended, you know. Psalm 23. And literally, we're going to spend the next couple months here. So I really want you to dog ear in your Bible. I want you to put a bookmark in there. Now, I realize that some of you right now are like, Fusco, I know Psalm 23. I memorized it when I was a kid. I can recite it to you right now. And listen, that's all wonderful. Me too. But what we really want to do in this series, because we're calling this series Wild, and the reason we're calling it Wild is because if you think about what is going to be contained within this psalm, you're going to see the wildness of life, the mountaintops and the valleys, the times of struggle when you're in the presence of your enemies and the valley of the shadow of death, and when you're resting by still waters. And all of us have lives like that. Our lives are roller coasters, whether we like it or not. You can take any snapshot in any person in here's life, and we can see great, beautiful moments followed by crushing situations. And life is relentless that way. It is. And when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus, that roller coaster doesn't necessarily end, but it does change. Jesus doesn't say you're not going to have highs and lows, good things and bad things. He says, listen, I'm going to be with you as you walk through these things. And that change is a tectonic shift. And so my goal in this series is to really ask ourselves the question, how am I allowing this truth that I believe, this psalm that is universally known and heralded by people all over the faith spectrum, how am I walking this out at street level in real time where I live? And how can I apply these truths to my own life? So I'm going to just take the first two verses here of Psalm 23, where it says, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures He leads me beside the still waters. I'm going to read that again. It's amazing how I start reading this and I can see people's eyes well up with tears. But I got to be careful. I'm all Italian. So if I start crying, it gets ugly quick. I'm a passionate ugly crier. So I got to like keep it together here. I'm going to read it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. 
Now, the first thing we learn here, and it's right there in the first line, is that Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Because David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, if you look through the Bible, one of the great ways you can grow in your faith is to look through the Bible, and there's all these different names of God, right? Like you have like Jehovah to Sidkenu, which is the Lord our righteousness, the Lord our banner, our provision. And here we have what could commonly be called Jehovah Ra'a, or Rohi, depending on how you take the word shepherd and what it means. But it literally means is the Lord is my shepherd. Remember, this is a Psalm of David. And this picture that the Lord Yahweh, the creator God, is David's shepherd is very poignant because if you remember the story of the life of David, the great warrior king, he started out as what? A shepherd. Remember when God wanted to get a new king because Saul was a lousy king and God told Samuel, hey, listen, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. And Jesse had these eight sons. And when he showed up, he's like, hey, one of your sons is gonna be the king of Israel. And he invites all the seven older sons in. And the first guy shows up and tall and handsome. And Samuel said, yeah, that's the guy. And the Lord's like, hey, uh, Samuel, you look at the outside, but I look at the heart. Great reminder for all of us. Not that guy. All the kids go by. Not one of them is the Lord like, that's the guy. And then Samuel's like, Jesse, is there any other? He's like, well, yeah, like the youngest, David, the whippersnapper, you know, he's out with the sheep. He didn't even think to call David in. Like, there was no way the crazy youngest brother was going to be the kick. But sure enough, he calls him in and David shows up and he was out tending the sheep. And the Lord's like, that's my guy. A little bit later, when David's brother's were fighting in the Israeli army at that time. When Goliath was taunting the armies of Israel, David shows on up and he hears these taunts and he's incensed and he's like, I'll go fight Goliath. Who's Goliath think he is? Calling out the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God's gonna take care of this guy. And Saul was like, you can't go out there. It'd be like, who wants to fight Mike Tyson for a million bucks? And some little kid comes up, he hasn't, can't do a push-up. Like, come on. But David's like, listen, I'm a shepherd and my dad's sheep. When a bear came and a lion came, I fought against that bear and lion. I killed a bear and a lion to protect the sheep. So for David to say, the Lord is my shepherd, he knew all that the work of a shepherd entails. And for the people of Israel, they were shepherds. I mean, they ended up living in the south of Egypt because they were shepherds and the Egyptians didn't value that as a vocation. But David knew, and this is something, and I know there's some of you here who you have farms, or you really don't have a farm, but you kind of do because of your kids. I'm just kidding. But if you take care of animals, you realize that there's a whole reality to shepherds. In that culture, a shepherd's job was to provide for the sheep and to protect the sheep. And David knew this at a heart level because it's something that he's done. But David is saying, as I have cared for and shepherded sheep, that is exactly who the Lord is for me. And it speaks of God's love and his compassion and his patience and his faithfulness and his forgiveness. And for David, just as it is for us, the Lord desires to be our shepherd. 
Now, right here in this moment, I am so aware that for each one of us, we are being shepherded by something or someone. We are all being led. We find our purpose and our provision. We receive love from all different things. And really what the Bible is teaching here is that you can choose to be led by whatever you want to, but only when the Lord is your shepherd do you see the outcomes that we're going to see here. Let me give you an example. Before I came to know Jesus, as I reflect back on that time, I realized that I was very much led by the culture in which we lived. What is the culture value? Well, that's what I value. And what I realized is I was being shepherded. I was being led. I was being provided for. I was learning about life. And in a sense, I felt protected because I was a part of this. And the world in which we live was my shepherd. And that world, not a godly world, but that world said, listen, if you make sure you go to school, you go to college, and you get a good job, and you just don't die when you're partying too hard. And there's all these things that it's like, you know, and as long as you do that, you're going to be fine. But the thing is, is, Whoever is leading you leads you to a destination. And that destination puts us where we are. And I remember in college, waking up the next morning after almost no sleep, really being bleary-eyed, and I remember saying to myself, this can't be what life is. This is what it was supposed to be. This can't be it. And I believe there's many of you, you're here right now, and you're like, this can't be what life's supposed to be about. And whenever I find myself asking that question, I always end up asking myself this, who am I following right now? What am I following? And where did I learn that? Now, here's what I want to tell you. Just because you put your faith and trust in Jesus also does not mean that you're being shepherded by Jesus right now. Because you could have said yes to Jesus, you check Jesus on the spirituality box, but you're really being led by something else, and Jesus is almost like a condiment. Something else is leading me. Something else is where I find my purpose and my provision and my joy in life. Something else is the steak, and Jesus is like the chimichurri sauce. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus has to be the one who leads and guides each one of us. And in our world, there is a battle for this. It's why all through the Ten Commandments, it says, you shall not have any other gods before me. Because Yahweh realizes, the God of the Bible realizes that you can believe in the God of the Bible and actually follow other things. And the Bible calls it idolatry because it's really who is leading your life. I could do this for so long, I don't want to. But I realize that for those of you who have spent more times going around the sun than some of us, one of the things that leads you is the news outlets. Because you grew up in a time when the newspaper showed up, you watched the six o'clock news, and so you have to be careful that the God of the Bible is shepherding you and not the news sources that you take in. Now, for you younger folks, you have a different news source, and it's called social media. And because... You didn't grow up with papers coming to your house, or maybe they did your parents like, mom, what is this paper doing on the driveway, right? Like, why is this here? This is not environmentally friendly. Like, come on, it's a plastic bag, you know? Like, <laughs> so instead, you have a different way of being shaped and nurtured and led, and it's called social media. Now, being my age, I kind of, like, when I was a kid, I had a paper route, 
and I'm decently social media savvy. So it's like I'm in that bridge generation between those who've been around for a while and those of you who are fresh. But what I realize is that if we're not careful, all that stuff shapes us. It leads us. It tells us what we should care about and what we shouldn't care about, what we should value and what we shouldn't value, what is important and what is not. And I'm here to tell you, you have to ask yourself, who is leading me and why? And why do I want to go where they're taking me? Now, I'm here to tell you, whether you're more seasoned, you've been around for a while, you're younger, or you're in the bridge generation like I am, in the end of the day, all the things that are designed to lead us today is all economically driven. You are an economic person. You buy things. And you buy things based on what you value. So you're a commodity. They are courting your dollars in your pocket. They are courting your credit. And that is what leads the Western world today. It is. Plain and simple. Now, I'm not against economics. I'm not saying that it's all wrong. But I'm saying that's why you're here. And I'm here to tell you, when you are only a commodity where you use your dollars, then all they care about is getting your money. But the beauty of when you let the Lord be your shepherd is the fact that God doesn't want your money. God created and sustained you and God desires to transform your heart. And God does that without the need for your money because his aims are different. And if you ever wonder how this all works, listen to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 and 11. This is a prophecy. It says, behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work is before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs with his arm and will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are young. See, in Isaiah, he's saying, look, the Lord is going to come with strength and he's going to feed his lambs and he's going to gather them together and he's going to hold them, that idea of being held to the bosom. And we just did baby dedications. You know, I just think of all the moms with their kids and they hold them so I remember when I'd watch Lynn with our kids when they were little. And I'm like, oh, and I try and like hold them real close and, you know, but I'm not mom. I'm furry and stuff. And they're like, get away. I'm like, where's mom, you know? But it speaks of tenderness. It speaks of intimacy. And this is what God is desiring to do. He wants to gently lead those who are young. Then if you think about John chapter 10, verses 11 to 16, I'm just going to read verses 11 and 14 of that, but this whole section where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. So when David says, Yahweh, the Lord is my shepherd, Jesus shows up as God's strong right hand and says, I am the good shepherd. This all comes to fulfillment in me. Where Jesus says, let me lead you. I'm the good shepherd. You know I'm the good shepherd because I am willing to sacrifice my life for the sheep. I'm going to protect my lambs by dying in their place. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. So what I love that Jesus knows who are his and those who are his know their shepherd. Now, I think this is important because 
Part of the goal of what God wants to do in each one of our lives is that we will know him just as we are known by him. And that's why it is so important for us to make sure in the chaos and the roller coaster of life that we don't abandon knowing God and being known by him at the extreme ends. Because isn't that what happens if you look back over your life? When things are really rough and when things are really exciting, that's when we have a tendency to get in trouble. It's in like kind of the ho-hum middle that if you believe in Jesus, you're just kind of steady on. But it's really the extremes of the journey. Today, is Jesus your shepherd? Are you being led by him, provided for by him, cared for by him, or who is leading you today? And I think it's important if you're like, yeah, this is what's leading me today. It's a good thing to be able to identify it because really, oftentimes what I have found, in certain cases, who is leading us and what is leading us is straight up destructive. And if that's the case, then we turn away from those things. But oftentimes what is leading us is something that is actually a good thing, but it's not meant to be the ultimate thing. Does that make sense? Like if someone's like, listen, Fusco, all I care about is I'm going to lose 20 pounds over the next three months. I'm going to get my health together. Or, hey, listen, I got to get out of debt. And so all I'm doing is focusing on my financial literacy and I'm not overspending. Listen, your health, whether it be financial or physical, that's a good thing, but it's not meant to be the ultimate thing. So the key is to keep the good things that we could follow under the authority of Jesus, where Jesus gets that central place. Because if your desire for financial health undercuts your desire to worship Jesus, then you have an idol. An idol is a good thing that becomes an ultimate thing that ultimately is a bad thing or destructive thing. If you're like, listen, all I care about is having a great marriage. I don't really care about Jesus. I'm here to tell you, having a good marriage is good, but Jesus is the only person who can make you have a great marriage. Or you're saying, look, I want to crush being a single person right now. Listen, there's no sin in being single. No problem with it. God's preparing you for whatever he has. Today is the day he wants your disciples just to do singlehood. But I'm here to tell you, if all you care about is being a rock-solid single person, and that's more important than Jesus, then you have a problem. So however we dice this thing, we need to define, who do I have a tendency to follow that isn't Jesus? And anytime there's a conflict, our job is to follow Jesus. Because look at what happens. When Jesus is... Our shepherd, the good shepherd, notice what it says next in verse one, I shall not what? I shall not want. And I like to say it this way, that Jesus brings contentment. As you are led by Jesus, he brings contentment with him. That word means I shall not want. It literally means I have no lack. Jesus is So did you ever think of Jesus as a condiment? Probably not. But as you consider that, do you ever treat Jesus like a spiritual condiment rather than the main dish? If you're honest, maybe you're tempted to sometimes. Like Pastor Daniel said, life presses us in and lots of things yell for our attention. But the thing you were told to do today is to be sure to keep God as the focus of your life, no matter what else is going on in your world. 
everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel is going to continue teaching on the first couple of verses of Psalm 23. He will show how the life of a sheep is similar to the life of a disciple of Jesus. You'll find out what a shepherd actually does and how Jesus does a lot of the same things in a spiritual sense. Pastor Daniel will focus on your need to take an accounting of your life and figure out who's leading and make adjustments if necessary. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Wild. Next time, until then, may God bless.